0: Turn with me to uh, Jeremiah, the 29th chapter again. If you weren't here with us last night, missed a good message, missed a good service. (laughs) I say that because I think about my grandma. My grandma's a tremendous, old-school Southern cook. I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but you don't open a can for anything. (laughs) everything's by scratch and she'd make some of her specialties were ham and dumplings and peach cobbler and you know i mean from scratch every fresh everything and she'd cook half a day you know and longer than that and i can see her sometimes this day over the stove and she'd go "Mm, mm, mm. that is good if i did make it myself (laughs) and she wasn't lying (laughs) and so as ministers we're you know we don't create the ingredients but the Lord allows us to help serve it and so we get to taste it before we present it and uh, I'm excited about this word are you? Jeremiah 29 and 11 what does it say? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Does the Lord ever think about you? I'm talking about you. You say, well, there's billions of people down here. It's a great big universe. Yeah, but He's a great big God. <laughs> he is simultaneously and continuously keeping track of the exact number of hairs on each one of our heads so he definitely knows about you and who you are and where you are and what's going on with you how can he do that how can he keep up with everybody and all that at the same time because he's god (laughs) and you can't fully wrap your head around that but you can believe it i said you can believe it you know, when I say that, I think about, uh, you know, people sometimes have the idea. I've had people tell me numerous times, oh, I don't want to bother the Lord with that. I'm not even going to pray about that. I wouldn't ask him for that. I don't want to bother the Lord. And you can tell in their mind, they see God like the old-fashioned uh, cable switchboard telephone operators. <laughs> that he's sitting, you know, at the giant switchboard in the sky. And all these lights are lighting up from calls coming in from presidents and kings and prime ministers and widows and orphans and soldiers. And I mean, the board's lit up and God is plugging and answering and unplugging and and answering. And there's even some sweat on his brow because, I mean, it's just it's a lot to deal with. But I want you to know there is no heavenly switchboard. I know we sing, call him up, call him up, tell him what you want, but there is no switchboard and there is no sweat on the Father's brow and he's not old. And He's not wearied and He's not stressed. I'm telling you, the Almighty, the Ancient of Days, the Creator of Heavens and Earth is seated on the throne of glory. High and lifted up. He knows everything about everybody. He knows the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's able to answer the king's prayer and the prime minister's prayer and the widow's prayer and the soldier's prayer and help you find a parking place downtown at the same time (laughs) with no problem. No, you have not, not because God's too busy with more important things. You have not because you ask not, because you don't realize how big he is. How many believe he's big? He's big. He's big. Everybody on the planet could make a demand on his power at exactly the same second. And every need would be instantly met and the lights in heaven wouldn't even flicker. (laughs) He is powerful. By His Word, all things are upheld. All the stars are burning. All the planets in their rotations, in their orbits. Every one of our hearts beating by the power of God. Don't you love Him? And aren't you glad you can call Him Father? Abba. Father. Somebody say, He's my Father. The Creator of all things. Is my Father. Does He ever think about you? When He thinks about you and about what's ahead of you, what does He think about? He said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. What kind of plans does He have for you? Help me out. Plans, good plans, and plans to prosper me. Does God have a plan that includes your prosperity? The New Living says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. The ESV says, I've got plans for wholeness, not for evil. The Complete English says, I will bless you with a future filled with hope. A future of success. Not suffering. What's his plan? His plan is not bad. It's good. It's not failure. It's victory. His plan is not poverty and lack. It's prosperity. It's success. It's not sickness and brokenness. It's wholeness. How many believe this in here now? Now, if you really believed that that's God's plan for your life, and that's what's ahead of you, that's what's in front of you, you couldn't be depressed. You couldn't be sad. You'd be looking forward. And even if things weren't so hot right now, you'd know the plan is good, so we're going away from the bad and into the good. And if you'd had some rough times, you'd say, well, glory to God, that's behind me now, because the plan of God is good. Is good. Is good. I know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity, today's English version says, not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. Now, you see, he kept using this word hope, 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 a future filled with hope, the future you hope for. They're saying it different ways. Turn with me to Ephesians 3. We looked at this last night. Ephesians 3 in the 20th verse. A lot of us have it marked. A lot of you could quote it. But you know, it's not just knowing something that makes the difference in your life. If it's real to you, you're excited about it. Every time. When I say that, I, I think about back when I was going to Ramo Bible Training Center, first year. And the Lord allowed me to go to healing school. And Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. was teaching healing school at that time every afternoon. And... um we had classes in the morning and then we had prayer school after that. Uh we had lunch and we had prayer school and, and we had uh, healing school. So by the time healing school's around, you already heard four or five messages. And, and this particular day, we had already, you know, been up all day and, and been in all the classes and also a friend of mine and I had went and had big Mexican lunch. They were having some kind of a special three for one something, I don't know what it was, and we got our money's worth, buddy. And uh, and we came back, and we're sitting on the front row. And on that particular day, it was cold outside, nice and warm inside. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, don't you? And uh, Brother Hagin was not preaching fiery uh, style. He was teaching line upon line, and there was no fast organ music. And we got a little too comfortable. And uh, next thing I knew, <laughs> I looked up and Brother Hagen was right here <laughs> in front of me. And he said, get excited, boys. Oh, man, we must have come off our chair. That I, Get excited. We thought, oh, yeah, yeah, excited. <laughs> he said, get excited, boys. It's when you get excited about the word of God that it works for you. And you know it's the truth. I said it's the truth. That's what this whole meeting is about. Get excited about the plan of God. If you really believe it, you can't sit here subdued. Now people say, well, it's just the way I am. (laughs) My personality is more reserved. And I just don't express myself like that. I'm just, is the word you're looking for bound? (laughs) Now listen to me. We're different. We are. We come from different backgrounds. But I'm telling you this. You get full enough of God. It will come on you. It will come out of you. You will get happy. You will act some kind of way. It may be a little different from the next person. But you will not be able to just sit there dead and bored. If the living word of God is real to you enlightening you, empowering you, working in your life, if by faith you're getting glimpses of the glorious future God has for you, you will not be (laughs) mum. I know the Lord helped me to say, I came up kind of reserved as far as church. Yes and no, it depends on what part of my life. I was involved in about three different churches over the years. One of them was really wild and one of them was really reserved. So, <laughs> but uh, in the early days of preparing for the ministry, I was reading in the Old Testament, the Lord uh, asked me a question. Not me, heard a voice, but inside me, he said, Did you notice what kind of people I chose in Israel? I thought, I, I, and I don't know what he's talking about yet. I thought, No, help me, Lord, what kind of people? He said, Did you notice? They were expressive souls. Expressive souls. Oh man, if they got sad, they'd rip their clothes, they'd put dirt and ashes on their head, they'd wail, you could hear them a half a mile away. You wouldn't even have to come in the house to know they were sad. If they got mad, Oh, everybody strap on your sword. Somebody's going to die today, man. I mean, <laughs> is that right? I mean, and if they got happy, oh, brother, kill the fatted calf, play the music. Is that right? You could hear them dancing from a hit. Now, when you can hear the dancing, I man, talking about hearing the music, hearing the dancing, that's cutting the rug, brother. <laughs> The Lord wanted me to see that. He said, did you notice what kind of people I chose? They were expressive souls. And you know, when your heart's right, you get more expressive. The thing that chokes people is pride. I mean, if something wonderful has somebody's done something wonderful for you and been kind and gracious to you, why would you have a problem Over gushing with thanksgiving. What would be the problem? If you were saying, Oh, glory to God, man, I was in a bind. I didn't know what I was going to do. And God used you. Oh, thank God. Thank you. Why would that be a problem? You feel like, Well, yes, uh, it was convenient that you came by course that's false that's ugly pride right man if you need to repent repent put your nose in the carpet cry if you're gonna shout don't play around shout how many of the bible talks about making a loud sound a loud noise And there's something about it. When you break off the restrictions of pride and fear and what will they think? What will somebody say? You better be concerned about what God thinks, what He knows. And you break all that off and you get free. Something happens inside you. I'm telling you, you open up and the same opening that you open up to worship God, it's through that same opening He's able to minister to you. Oh, can you see it? When you're all tightened up and closed up and restricted, it's hard for you to receive. It's through that same opening. I believe enlargements occurring as we speak. So next opportunity you have to shout, don't hold back. (laughs) (laughs) Hey! Glory to God! Yeah. Glory to God. Glory to God. (laughs) You just made your own opportunity, didn't you? That's that's great. That's good. What are we shouting about? (laughs) Well, we're particularly shouting about right now the goodness of God's plan for our lives. Right? The goodness, somebody say the goodness goodness. of God's plan. plan. I know you turned to Ephesians three, but go to Proverbs twenty nine. Proverbs twenty nine. Faith has a vision. And the way God has always operated is through vision and faith. Your faith has to have a vision to hook to. What is your faith going to believe for? You've got to see it before you can believe for it. And when I say see it, I don't mean see it with your eyes in this natural realm. But we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. In Proverbs twenty-nine eighteen, twenty-nine eighteen, it says where there is no vision... The people perish. Do we need a vision? I know uh, some 20, 30 years ago, I was in a very oppressed part of a big city. Life was very hard in this poor part of town. And the people just lived in abject conditions. And my heart just went out to the folks as I'm driving through there. And the Lord said these words to me. He said, no vision. The people have no vision. I thought, oh, that's the truth, isn't it? Sometimes people are born in a place and they're born in a situation. And their parents had a miserable life and their parents before them had a miserable life. And all they can see in front of them is what they've seen behind them. So they have no vision. And yet the Bible tells us that God takes people from the dung heap and sets them with princes. So he can do it. I said he can do it. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you came from, what continent, what gender, what background, lack of education or whatever. Any man, any woman that will look up from anywhere and believe God. Do you believe this? That believe God, he will reach down. You can be in the worst place on earth. And he will reach down and get a hold of you. And he'll put a vision in you. He'll show you what he can do for you. He will show you what his plan is for you. And if you'll believe it, in that dark place, you're already coming out. And it's just a matter of time. Till it manifests all around about you. It's happened many, many times. Thank God. Well, there's no vision. The people perish But he that keeps the law, now all they had in these days was the law. Now we've got the New Testament, we've got the the whole Word of God. He that keeps the Word, what's his result? Happy. Happy. Happy, happy, happy. Now, give you a little clue that. tonight is happy night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Can you tell? (laughs) If you let the Word in you, It will put vision in you. The vision of God. The vision of God. The word of God will give you. Faith and hope. And that hope. Is the vision of God. And when you see that hope. It will make you happy. Hope. Makes you happy. (laughs) Hope. I'm talking about the hope of God. Makes you happy. It makes you rejoice when you see the future God has for you. It will not make you sad. It will not depress you. It will make you rejoice. It will make you happy. So all you have to do is look at people and see how happy they are. And see if they have vision or not. If they have the hope of God or not. Let me read to you some scriptures that bring this out, that verify this for us. Go to Psalm 146. Psalm 146, verse 5. Psalm 146, 5. What does it say? It's up on the screen. Happy. Somebody needs to say that. You need to get that in your mouth. Happy. Look at your neighbor and say, Happy. Happy. Yeah. Happy is he that has the God of Jacob for his help. Keep reading. Whose what? Hope. Whose hope is in the Lord his God? See, I told you, hope makes you happy. Hope has not been properly appreciated in word and faith circles. It's been because of uh, modern usage. Uh, when people say, I sure hope so. It, that means nothing at all compared to what the Bible's talking about, hope. Yeah, right. No. It's, I sure hope so. That's a wish. That's a desire. When the Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is, faith is the foundation of. That the expectation sits on. Why are you so excited. And expecting so much. Because you believe something. You have faith. And your faith. Gives you. The basis and the foundation for this. Excited expectation. If you're in faith. You have hope. You have expectation. Now. Uh. If you have expectation of good, it's gonna make you happy. It's gonna make you rejoice. Listen to Romans 5, 2 through 5. Romans 5 says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Somebody say we rejoice rejoice. in hope hope. of the glory of God. Say it again. We We rejoice In hope of the glory of God. The Lord gave me a definition of the plan of God today. And I'm probably getting ahead of myself. But I can hardly keep it in. (laughs) The plan of God. Did you know what the plan of God is? (laughs) The plan of God. I didn't think this up. The Lord gave it to me. I can't take credit for it. The plan of God. Is the glory of God prepared by the love of God, especially for the child of God, me, (laughs) you. (laughs) Uh, The plan of God. What's the plan of God? It's the glory of God prepared by the love of God. Especially for the child of God. Amen. Me. <laughs> you a child of God? Yes. Then use a me too. Say out loud. The glory, of God. The glory of, God. By the love of God. Prepared by the love of God. Especially for the child of God.
1: For the child of God.
0: Me. Me. Yes. <laughs> Throughout the ages to come, Ephesians says God is going to be revealing to us the exceeding riches of His grace and His glory. What kind of future is before us? (laughs) What's going to be going on with you a thousand years from now, ten thousand years from now, hundred thousand years from now? What will you be doing? You're going to be going, Oh. Wow. Glory to God. <laughs> and just when you think, it couldn't get any better. It just, how I know it couldn't get any better. And the Lord will say, You like this? We go, uh-huh. Oh, God, you're so good. He said, Look at this, look at this. And he'll unfold something else. And we'll go. Oh, wow, (laughs) glory to God. (laughs) And a million years when you think you've seen everything and you've heard everything, you thought, how could it get any better? He'll say, you like this? We go, oh, God. (laughs) He'll say, look at this, look at this. And he'll unfold something else. We'll go, oh, wow. Glory to God. You want to practice it? Help me out. Oh, wow. Glory to God. (laughs) This is our eternity, our eternal future, and it'll never end. God will never peak. There will never, throughout the ages to come, it will never happen that God will say, Well, that's it. That's all, folks. Never going to happen. Throughout the endless ages to come, He's going to continue. How big He is. How vast He is. He'll continually be revealing to us and manifesting to us the exceeding riches of His grace and His glory. What's the plan of God? Help me out. What's the plan of God? It's the glory of God prepared by the love of God, especially for the child of God, me. <laughs> hey. Happy night. Ah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <Woo-hoo. sighs> Somebody say glory to, God. glory to God. I hardly know what to do with myself. <laughs> uh, go to First Thessalonians, I think. First Thessalonians. The fifth chapter, mm, mm, mm. thank you, Lord, you're so good. When does the plan of God start? <laughs> it's already going on. And is the plan of God good? Yes. We've read the scriptures now. The question is, do we believe them? Yes. I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. I know the plans I have for you. What kind of plans are they? Remind me. What kind of plan? Good plans. Plans to prosper you. Plans of peace. Plans to make you whole. Plans to give you success. Do you believe that? Is the plan of God for you far better than you've even realized yet? Is it good? Is it something to look forward to? Something to be excited about? Yes. Yes. Now, if you're not excited about your future, what does that prove? It proves you don't believe this. You're not convinced. Look in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 5. He said, you are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night Nor of the darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath. The wrath of God is not in my future. <laughs> hey! Somebody said, how you know? I can read. <laughs> What about the wrath of God and the judgment of God and all that that's read about in the Bible? That's for other folks. Not His beloved. Hmm? -mm. You know what's for us? Plans of peace. Plans of prosperity. Plans of success and peace. Wholeness. I believe it. The Lord said to me some years ago, he said, uh, most of the people on the planet, most of the planet are either dead or asleep. he's talking about spiritually. People that are not born again are dead spiritually. And there's a whole lot of people that have been born again, but they're asleep. Did you ever notice somebody that's in a, you know, deep, deep sleep from a distance, they look like they're dead. And you got the same activity as the dead person, virtually. It's laying there, motionless. And so most of the planet, he said, is either dead or asleep. But there are a few who are alive and awake. <laughs> Alive and awake means you're alive unto God and you are aware of God and you are aware of what's going on in the earth. You're aware of the plan of God. You're involved in the plan of God. You're alive and awake. How many want to be alive and awake? Life's too short to snooze through it. And if the enemy can't have you in his camp and condemned and damned with him and his angels, then he'll try to lull you into a stupor of going through the motions in life. A dullness that you are spiritually, you're born again. But you look like a spiritually dead person. You talk like a spiritually dead person. You live like a spiritually dead person. You're asleep. You're zoning through life. And the way he does it is with thoughts. Thoughts. Now I know that sounds like that's not enough. But do you remember 2 Corinthians? Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What's the next verse say? Casting down what? Imaginations. Huh? Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, bringing into captivity every... Thought to the obedience of Christ. What is an imagination? It's, it's thoughts with feelings. Thoughts and feelings. It is a vision from hell. There are two visions you can embrace. One from the destroyer. The enemy of your soul. Oh he won't come to the front door. He'll try to keep you from even knowing it's coming from him. And then thank God there is the vision of hope. From your God. That's good. The vision from the enemy. Is a vision. Of failure. Fruitlessness. A vision of despair. A vision of defeat. And it's designed to discourage you, to weaken you, to rob you of your joy and your peace, to depress you to the point of weakness and despair to the point of quitting and giving up and saying, what's the point? What's the use? And when you say words like that, It's devastating. Dangerous thoughts and devastating words. Did you hear it, friend? Dangerous thoughts and devastating words. Isn't it true that death and life is in the power of the tongue? Isn't it true that to be carnally minded is death? And to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Does it matter what you let yourself think on? Oh, it's life and death. Life and death. That's not an exaggeration. We're quoting scripture. Does it matter what you say out of your mouth? Life and death. Life and death. Now look at this verse again. He said, we're children of light. We're children of the day. Don't sleep like others do. Ephesians says, wake up, Christ will give you light. He said, let us, verse 8, this is 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, let us who are of the day be sober and you need to put on something. You need to put on the breastplate of faith and love and you need to put something else on the helmet, which is the hope, the hope. The hope. Tell me what hope is. What is hope? Confident. Expectation. We might say of glorious good. Yeah. Now did you notice that these are two pieces of protective gear? And did you notice that the three things he mentioned are the big three? Faith, hope, love that abide forever. The breastplate protects your vital organs, protects your heart, protects your lungs, doesn't it? I mean, the main things you got to have just to keep moving. Oh, but that helmet protects something, doesn't it? Protects your head, as any good soldier knows. Without your helmet, your head could be damaged. You could lose your head. What is your helmet? Help me out. What is your helmet? And this hope. Is a protection. Oh can you see this? This glorious hope. What hope? The hope. Of his calling. The hope. Of the plan of God. The great wisdom of God. And love of God. Is prepared of the glory of God for me. If that is entrenched and anchored in me and stays around my head and mind all the time thoughts of defeat cannot penetrate oh can you see this people are trying to tell me there ain't no way and let's go ding <laughs> you could never do that ding <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you're too young, ding. Yeah, but you're too old, ding, ding. (laughs) Because all I can see is the glorious hope of His calling. Oh, come on, can you see this? See, the enemy fires fiery missiles in words. And thoughts. They're designed. To pierce you. Right to the core. Break your heart. Destroy your confidence. Leave you a broken shell. Of hopelessness. They're designed. To pierce. Right into your mind. And cause you to give up hope. And say what's the use. But no thought, no word, no devious device or imagination that the enemy can concoct can penetrate faith and love. Can't get through. I said it can't get through. The thing that was designed to pierce your heart and take the soul out of you and break your excitement, it just goes, bring, bring. Because <laughs> you just won't quit believing That all things are possible to him that believes You just won't quit You just won't quit <laughs> And nary A defeated thought Can get through to your mind It just can't get in Because your mind Your head Is encapsulated we're not talking about a little helmet that sits on top of the head. We're talking about the ones, you know, like the knights used to go kachink, and I mean, it's the hole that you can't even see who's in there. We're talking about a helmet that nothing can penetrate. Nothing can get through. Tell me what your helmet is. Tell me what it is. What it is? It is the hope of your salvation. What is hope? Confident, excited, yeah. expectation yeah. of certain glorious good. Yeah. This definition keeps growing on us, do not it? Yeah. But it's good. We know that. It's good. Yeah. We expected something good. Yeah. Let me show you another defensive weapon. No, excuse me. This is actually offensive. I told you wrong. You got the defensive gear on. We know the sword of the Spirit's the Word of God. We know that's offensive. But I want you to see something else that's a specific way of exercising that. Look in uh, Psalm 2. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying myself. I'm moving a little too fast, though. Go to Romans 8 first. Go to Romans 8 first. Thank you, Lord. He helps us out, don't he? I've never taught this just like this. I've, I'm believing God. You believe in God with me? I'm, I know this is good. Mm, 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 that is good. <laughs> if I am serving it myself. I, <laughs> Romans 8. I didn't come up with it. I'm just serving it. Romans 8. And verse 14, now, if some of these things about hope still sound strange to you, we just got through teaching a series on faith in God. And we went into some detail talking about it. Study it out. I know sometimes people, they've not respected hope properly. Because they think, well, we don't need hope, we need faith. Well, that's not exactly right. If you have faith, you'll have hope. And so don't you mean you get hope and you can turn it into faith? No. No. No, I don't mean that. The reason people say that is because they're calling desire hope. Yeah, your desire is not enough. You need to have faith. Are y'all with me or not? Apparently some folk are not. That's why I'm saying get the series and don't take my word for it. Study it out. Look the words up. And there's not a contradiction of other things. Perhaps you've been taught about faith. It's just a matter of defining the words. If you have faith, faith is the substance of things. It is the foundation. It is the basis of things expected or hoped for. If you're in faith about something that you do not see and you do not feel, yes, you believe God has heard you. Yes, you believe the price has been paid for. Right? You believe it has been granted, past tense, to you. You believe in that. That's what you believe in. But because you believe in that, It puts you in a state of expecting to see it, to feel it, for it to come to pass in the realm where you see and feel. Now, in Romans 8, 14, notice this. He said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Where is the Spirit of God going to lead us? Into the glorious plan of God. Into the truth of God, the will of God. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we're heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Are there some challenges? Are there some tests? Are there some trials? Will you encounter some discomfort? Yeah, but it's not even worthy to be compared with the glory when you overcome. And the victories. And the future. Right? Uh Brother uh, Jesse Duplantis tells about an experience that he had of being caught up to heaven. Some of you might have heard it. We had the privilege of him coming and sharing on it here in the church sometime back. And one of the things that he said he, he met and got to talk with Brother Paul. Well, he's there, you know. And he said, among other things, he said Paul looked at him and said, I want you to tell the people something. He said, well, certainly, anything. He said, I talked about in my writings are sufferings which are but for a moment. And he said, people have emphasized on the sufferings, and that's all they talk about. He said, I said for a moment. (laughs) How many understand faith does not focus on the difficulties and the issues? Faith focuses on the hope the future we're coming out we're coming over we're coming through and we're not going to give the devil glory if he was able to hinder us or to hold us up we're not even going to give him any free publicity we're going to act like he wasn't able to do anything we're going to give all the glory to God and any sufferings or any discomfort that we've encountered they are but for a moment and they're not even worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. How many believe it? Amen. So let's don't focus on the problem. Let's don't focus on seeming failures. Let's don't focus on things we've experienced that have seemed to be setbacks. Or, no, no. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. It is. You remember Paul talking in 2 Corinthians about that. He said, well, let's just read it. Hold your place in Romans. Go to 2 Corinthians 4. He said, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. But prior to that, he was describing the spirit of faith. Second Corinthians four and eight, four and eight. We are troubled on every side and don't know what we're going to do. What? Come on. Tell me, tell me about the faith, the spirit of faith. How does faith deal with such things? you got trouble on every side. But I'm not distressed. you got any trouble? Yeah, on every side. You look like you're doing okay. Yeah, I'm not distressed at all. How could you be like that? How could you be like that? You must be looking at something else. You must have your eyes on the glorious hope. You must be expecting something a lot better than what you're experiencing currently. You must be. You must be. Keep reading. We are perplexed. You know what perplexed means? You don't know. (laughs) It's like a cartoon character with a big question mark over his head. You're going, huh? Why did that happen? What's going on? But just because you don't know, doesn't mean you have to be depressed. Why did that happen? You go... I don't know. (laughs) What do you mean you don't know? You're smiling, grinning like a cat. I know. I am not in despair. (laughs) Yeah, but what happened? I don't know. (laughs) How can you be happy and you don't know? Because I am. (laughs) And because I have a hope. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so much stuff. (laughs) So much stuff. That people lose their joy. They lose their peace over. Once they get out of here, they think it's the great question of life. And once you get out of your body, you'll probably even forget it. I'm telling you. Once you get out of here, you'll think, oh, that, forget about it, forget about it. (laughs) I know I wasted 10 years of my life laboring over it, but we waste so much time. People waste so much. It could be having fun. Could be enjoying life. Yeah, but you're educated so you have to ponder I'm a thinking man (laughs) you're a confused man (laughs) and a depressed man you can be perplexed and not have a clue and still not allow any despair in you can you see this somebody say no despair No distress. No no despair. despair. That's got nothing to do with everything being right in your life. He says trouble all around. Perplexed. And yet not distressed. And not in despair. Keep reading. Keep reading. What else? Persecuted. And so lonely. (laughs) No. The storm said if my mother and father forsake me. Then the Lord will take me up. Never alone. Jesus at this darkest moment. He told them, he said, all of you are going to leave me. He said, yet I am not alone. Because the Father who sent me is with me. And he went with courage to face the darkest time. Cast down, but not destroy. One translation says, knocked down, but not knocked out. <laughs> Having some fighting background, I can relate to that. I, I can see myself tangled up in the ropes blood pouring from my face being pummeled and looking up and going i'm winning <laughs> i'm about got this one won i'm winning and how many know that a man like that a woman like that god will move heaven and earth if he has to he will get you out are you listening he will do it because it honors him When in the midst of all this stuff, you'll look up through your tears, through your temptations, through all the symptoms. And you'll say, I don't care. None of these things move me. They don't. I love God. I trust God. He loves me. And his plan for me is exceeding wonderful. And I'm in it. And I'm coming into the rest of it. And my future is very, very right so why should i cry why should i lament why should i feel sorry for myself only if i believed my future's dark i don't believe that keep reading romans here go back to romans i should say romans 8 he said i reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared don't even bring them up just talk about the glory it shall be revealed in us, For the earnest expectation, now we're into hope big time, of the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's us, that's us, that's us. For the creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. One of these days, this whole thing is going to be changed. There's going to be no more curse. There's not going to be too hot weather or too cold. No thorns. The animals are not going to tear each other apart anymore. All this is going to be changed. And it's connected with you and I being manifested as who and what we are. And if this is real to you, you look forward to tomorrow. You're not dreading tomorrow. You're looking forward to tomorrow. We know the whole creation is groaning and travailing in pain together till now. Not only they are it, but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of the body. You know, the Bible calls our current physical condition vile <laughs> it does, and it really is we don't really think so because it's all we've known it's all we've experienced, but I'm telling you soon and very soon, our bodies are going to be changed like unto his glorious body, Thank you, Lord. and all the vileness is going to be gone. Yeah. Woo, are you looking forward to that? Yeah. No more aging, yeah. no more pain, no more discomfort. Not subject to disease or sickness any longer. We'll have a body that can keep up with our glorified spirit. Won't be anything we can't do. (laughs) Glory to God. Now how could you stay depressed if you know that's your future. That's what you're looking at. That's what you're looking towards. He said now keep reading this verse 24. This is the revelation many faith people so called have not received. We are saved by hope. hope. Somebody said, I thought we saved by faith. We are. But if you have faith, it will give you hope. We're saved by hope. If you have this hope, it shows you believe something. It shows you have faith. We're saved by hope. Somebody say we're saved by hope. Listen to the Weiss translation of this. We are saved in the sphere of hope. But hope that has been seen is not hope. For that which a person sees, why does he hope for it? But if that which we do not see we hope for, through patience we expectantly wait for it. How many are absolutely without question. Without debate, expecting the Lord Jesus to come back again. You are expecting Him to come, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, on the great clouds of glory with the sound of the trumpet. He's coming. How many absolutely are expecting to see the place He's been preparing for you and for I and to live with Him? forever and ever because you have that hope you are saved because if you didn't believe Jesus had paid the price for you you wouldn't have that hope and having that hope proves you believe oh come on can you see this Now we know that concerning the other side of this life and concerning the ages to come. But friend, that's exactly how it works in this life too. How would we know you have faith? You are walking by faith. You are living by faith in this life. It's revealed by your expectation. It's revealed by your hope. And the greater revelation you have of the glorious hope, the more excited you will be. And that excitement, even in the midst of bills and symptoms and that nothing can get you down, you're still amazingly excited. Proves you believe something. Proves. Oh, come on. Can you see it? Proves you believe something. It takes faith when you've messed up, when you've sinned, when you've come short. Wasted some time, maybe wasted some years. But you still are expecting some amazing things to happen in your life. That shows you believe He's forgiven you of your sins. You believe He's cleansed you from all unrighteousness. You believe He won't hold it against you. He won't mention them to you again. You believe in His grace and mercy. Elsewise, you wouldn't be expecting that. Oh, friends, too many Christians are expecting too little. And it shows a serious lack of faith, doesn't it? Keep reading. We're saved by hope. Saved by hope. Verse 26, likewise the Spirit helps our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searches the hearts knows what's the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose is that you? Yes. say it out loud everything, everything is, working out is working out for my good and God's glory, and God's glory. everything everything, everything. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you say, well, how in the world could this mess work out for my good? Hey, have faith. Have faith. God can take what the enemy meant for evil and destruction. And he's so big and he's so wise. He can turn it around. He can turn it around. He can even turn around your failures and your mistakes. It's amazing how he can do this stuff. But he does have to have something out of you. What is it? Faith. Faith. And hope. He's got to have it. Because friend if you throw up your hands. And you despair. If you sigh. And you quit trying. You're done. Did you hear me? This is serious business. We've not seen how serious it is. You even got Christians. That encourage people. To yield to despair. They do. So called faith people. They'll pat people on the back. And, well, that's all right, honey. Just get it out. Just get it out. And they're, sob- they're already sobbing. They've been depressed for nine days already. And That's all right, honey. You just got to get it out. So many times what's happening, they're not just getting it out. They're letting it in. They're yielding to it. You're know, not supposed to sob uncontrollably for two days. You can't do that looking at the glorious hope. You're not looking at the glorious plan of God going, Oh, 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 the plan of God. Can't do that. You can't do that. You're looking at something else. You're looking at the vision the devil's feeding you. And you don't need to think on that another second. What's traumatizing you so much? What's tormenting you so much? It's a vision from the pit. It's a vision from the destroyer and you're taking it and you're thinking on it. And if you think on it long enough, you're going to talk it. Somebody say dangerous thoughts. thoughts. Devastating Devastating words. Do we recognize them when they come to us? All you got to do is see what it's doing to you. That's all you got. Look at what it's doing to you. Are you in better shape today? Then you started out the day, you know, are you in better shape this evening or worse? Well, you can track it right back to what you've been looking at, what you've been thinking on, what you've been talking. We've already established, no matter how much trouble you got, you don't have to be distressed over it. Did I read the verse right? We've already established, no matter how perplexed you are at what you don't know, you don't have to be in despair. Do you? The spirit of faith will shout anyhow. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know all the details. But I know God's bringing me out. I know God is bringing me out. Woo, sailing right over Well, can you explain all this? No. Don't have to. You know, we need to learn. We need to learn that we don't have to play the devil's games by the devil's rules. We can change the rules on him mid-game. And there's nothing he can do about it. He's not our Lord. We have to do one thing he wants to do. you remember when they came to Jesus? They said, tell us, by what authority do you do these things? They think they got him pinned. If he answers this way, they got him. If he answers that way, they got him. So you know what? He didn't answer either way. You remember that? <laughs> he said, well, I got a question for you. They're thinking, no, no, no. You have to answer our question. <laughs> this is really messing their plan up because it's all based on him answering the way they had planned. He said, no, I got a question for you. How about John? How about his ministry? Was that from God? Or did he just dream that up himself? Oh, man. And the whole crowd goes, we like John. John's great. (laughs) John was great. And the people are going, "Uh uh-oh. Because now they're in the back. Just like that. Whoop. Tables turn. He's like, come on. Answer. They said, time out. We, we need to go over here and talk about this. And, and after all much deliberation, they came back and said, well, the general consensus is that um, we cannot tell. <laughs> he said, well, I'm not telling you anything either. Bye. Why am I saying all that? Don't fall into the trap of the enemy he will come and he'll say what about this, why did this happen why uh huh, why you know what you need to say you need to say "Uh, I got a question for you (laughs) huh, yeah I read in the back of the book (laughs) where a great big angel is going to come down and grab you and put big chains on you and throw you in the pit and shut the door. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You don't <laughs> <laughs> want to hear that. You don't have to play his game. Don't get caught up in that. Keep your eyes on the author and finish of your faith. Keep your eyes on the one who has called you by his amazing grace unto his glory. Somebody say, call to glory. Now keep reading this because that's exactly what this says right here. He said, We know, verse 28, that all things work together. For good to them that love God. He didn't say all things are working for good for everybody on the planet. Who's it working for good for? People that love Him. People that love God. What about people that don't even believe in God? Much less love Him. Well, it ain't working out for their good. (laughs) But for us, it's working out for our good. To them that are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. (laughs) What's your future? What's your future? Help me out. I'm headed to the glory of God. In the glory of God. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us. Who's going to beat us? Who's going to defeat us? Who's going to overcome us? Who can be against us? He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? God that justifies? The answer is no. Who is he that condemns? Christ that died, that's risen again, who's at the right hand of God. He's making intercession for us. He's certainly not condemning us. He's making intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? And let me just stop right here. What is the love of God? What is the plan of God? The plan of God is the glory of God. Prepared by the love of God. Especially for the child of God, me. (laughs) So what is your future? Your future is the glory of God. Your future is what the love of God has prepared. What can separate you from what the love of God has prepared for you? Keep reading. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation? Somebody say no. 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 Or distress? No. no. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Peril? No. Sword? No. What's going to prevent you? From fulfilling the plan of God. What's going to prevent the good things God has thought to do for you. From coming to pass in your life. The love of God from being manifest to you, in you, through you, around you. Nothing. 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 The list goes on. Nay, in all these things. We're more than conquerors. Through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded. That neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor bills, nor voodoo, nor hoodoo, nor food allergies, traffic, or taxes, or crazy people, or, or things present, or, or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Oh, and what has the love of God prepared for us? It's the plan of God. It's the glory of God. And it's good. Now go back with me to Psalm 2, where you... We're headed a few moments ago. I thought you'd get more out of that if we did that first. The Lord's helping us. We are not of the night. We are not children of darkness. We're children of light. And we are not. don't have to and have chosen not to live in a stupor. But to be alive in God. And to be awake in God. And we need to have protection. From the fiery darts of the enemy. He has been defeated by the master. And he cannot just come in and force us to do things. Oh, if he could, he would have done it a long time ago. He can't. He is, though, entirely too effective by his wiles. By his craftiness. And he comes with thoughts. He comes with imaginations. He comes with feelings. And they are to produce a vision of failure. A vision of defeat. And we must have on the breastplate of faith and love. So that they can't get those thoughts and those feelings can't get in us. Friends, let me warn you now about the danger of yielding to a feeling. People don't realize how serious it is to yield to a feeling. I've talked to Christians, baby Christians, especially and really some folks that ought not be baby Christians by this reason of time. But day and night you hear them talk about how I feel. I just don't feel like it or I just feel like this or or I just I felt good yesterday, but I don't feel good today. And they're not necessarily talking about physically. I just feel kind of down. I don't know. Y'all pray for me. I just feel friend until you learn to stop yielding to feelings. Half the world could pray for you and you're still going to be in the same shape. The enemy can influence you through feelings if you'll let him. It's one of the primary ways he controls much of the population of the planet. You hear people describing why they did horrendous crimes. Why did you do that? I don't know this feeling just came over me. I just felt mad. I just felt this or I felt that. Friend, these are influences of demons. And you and I got no business yielding to feelings that don't line up with the word of God. Right. And now listen, these feelings are real. Yeah. Yeah. I said, they're real. Right. They're spiritual and they're real, but that doesn't make them right. That's right. And it doesn't make them God. You got to learn how, no matter what kind of feeling comes on you and how powerful it may be. You don't just yield. You say, now, wait a minute. Wait, what is this? Where did this come from? And if it's not in line with the word of God, you don't yield to it. You resist it. I said, you resist it. You stand again. You say, I'm not yielding to that. Yeah, but it's so real. I feel, I know it. It's real. It's the enemy. Resist it. Because friend, if you yield to that feeling, it's going to bring you down. You're going to get lower. And lower and lower. And if you sit there and yield to those feelings. And cry and feel sorry for yourself. And you let those thoughts come in your mind. And you dwell on them. And you meditate on them. Now you are off the plan of God. Did you hear me now? And the devil is steering you down the path he has for you. It's a path that gets darker and darker. Till you lose all hope. All confidence. You lose all joy. You lose all peace. And you're weak and defeated. But tell me about this helmet of the hope of salvation. Tell me about it. Reach up and put it on right now. Put it on. Reach up. Okay. Put it on. All the way. Now pull the front down. Clink. (laughs) Tell me what is the helmet. What is it? It's hope. The hope of your salvation. What is hope? Confident. 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 Excited. Excited. Expectation. And if you're just expecting all the time, then when these thoughts and these feelings, is you're a failure. You're a, and the feeling comes on you. It just tries to come on you because it, it hits this helmet of, of the hope of salvation. And it hits this breastplate of, of faith and love. And it just, you feel it for a second, then it slides off. These thoughts of you're such a failure. You're this, you could have been that, and you've wasted all this time, and you've done this, and you've sinned, and you've failed God, and you've done this and that. You just say, I'm clean. (laughs) By the blood. I plead innocent, totally innocent to all charges. (laughs) You rascal, you know you did it. Prove it. (laughs) Because the truth is, it's been washed away. And if the Lord doesn't remember it, he's the only one that counts. We've got the helmet on. We've got the breastplate on. But I want to show you the proper way to respond to these things. It is a shielding, a resisting act, and also to a degree an offensive act. In Psalm 2, are you there? Psalm 2. Let me show you what the Lord does when the devil is uh, working his schemes and working his plans. The Lord never gets upset. He never even gets concerned. God never goes, ooh, (laughs) ooh, what an evil plan. (laughs) Never, never. He never goes, Gabriel, Michael, come here. Did you see what that rascal's doing? We gotta do something about that. Ooh, scary. He never even becomes concerned. You know what he does? I said, do you know what he does? Verse 1, Psalm 2, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. Well, who's stirring them up? That's the devil and his bunch. Against the Lord and against his anointed. And they say, let's break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sits in the heavens gets concerned. And says, oh, please, please don't do that. Oh, oh, no. He that sits... We're talking about the Almighty. We're talking about the one seated high and lifted up on the throne of glory. You know what he does? He goes, ha, 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 ha. He going to do what? ha, 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 ha. That's funny. You see that? (laughs) We're talking about your father. We're talking about the Creator of the heavens and the earth. That blows some people's religious mind out of the water. They're going like, "Huh?" Because they got a picture of God, always very stern, and he's on the throne, but he's he's old, old. He's got a long gray beard. And he's never really happy or never really too sad or he just. But it's not true. I said it's not true. The Bible tells us we could take you to scripture after scripture. We know he laughs. It just got through saying he does. He also sings. You know, God sings. How many like a CD of God's favorite hits? One of of these days, one of these days, one of these days, you and I'll be around the throne. And somebody says shh, shh." the father's about to sing. (laughs) You never heard such notes. (laughs) How many think the father could hit some high ones and some low ones and some we didn't even know existed? We thought, what note is that? I never heard that before. The Father, He gets mad. He gets glad. He is not this expressionless being that people have made Him out to be. You know, God is a whole lot like us. <laughs> oh, no, now I know you're off, Brother key. <laughs> he is. He's a whole lot like us, minus the sin and perversion and stuff. <laughs> Come on, think about it. Think about it. If you say, if I pick up these two chairs and I say, this chair is just like this chair, but this chair is not like this chair. That can't be. If this chair is like this chair, then this chair has to be like that chair. And you and I have been made in the likeness and image of God. So if we're like him, he has to be something like us. Like I said, minus the junk. But God laughs. And the Bible tells us, what is it, Ephesians 5, 1? I think it's what it is. Put it up. Be ye therefore followers of God, or many translations say imitators of God, as dear children. So if the father laughs at the enemies and wicked schemes, what should the children do? They should laugh. I said they should laugh. When the devil comes and says, no way, no how. No way, no how. This is one time you're not going to get your needs met. That's too much money. It's not enough time. You don't even know (laughs) how, where it could come from. If you go, ooh, where am I going to get the money? What does that prove? It proves you believe the devil. Doesn't it? If you're afraid of what he's telling you, it proves you believe what he's telling you. You believe he has the power to do it. And you're more focused on that than in the power of your God to meet your needs. But when he says, there's no way, there's no way, no how, you go, ha! That's exactly what you said the last thousand times. Ha, ha, ha. Dumb devil, ha. I'm not getting my needs met. The Bible says he supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yeah, but you're not going to get it this time. You're not going to get it this time. Not going to work this time. Ha, ha, ha. You're funny, devil. You must, you're telling me a joke, right? Ha, ha. You're trying to tell me a joke? I know you can't be serious. Somebody say, ha, ha. ha, ha. Say it again. Ha, ha, ha. Ha ha, devil. Lion defeated devil. Ha ha. Ha ha. Psalm 37. Ha ha ha. So many have never really done this or not done it enough to get acclimated to it. So it seems foreign to them. And you have to do it by faith. Until you break through. So don't be waiting for anything else. I mean at any gap or space. For the next amount of time here. That you can go ha ha. You need to do it. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and you need to keep doing it. Until it's a practice. Until what? Until it is your almost unconscious response oh come on can you see this to any unbelieving hopeless defeated thought it's your thought and I've learned it works real good with temptation too it's a wonderful response an offensive move because I I feel pretty sure it irritates him (laughs) (laughs) I feel pretty sure it really bothers him because he wants to be taken seriously. He's the big bad devil. <laughs> you're supposed to be scared out of your head and go, ooh, and you're going, ha, 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 ha. I think that really bothers him, which is all the more reason to do it some more. ha, <laughs> ha. I heard a guy one time, he, he was up on top of a skyscraper, little bitty balcony, I, don't, I forget how many floors up, huge, tall building, and he's holding the ground, and he looked over, man, it was so far down, cars and people looked like little tiny things, and his little thought came to him, why don't you just jump? Now, you know, a lot of people, they'd start freaking out right there, they'd go, what is wrong with me? Now, is that laughing? Now that's taking it serious. What's wrong with me? Now, if you ask what's wrong with you, <laughs> the devil will go, "What's wrong with you? What's wrong? Let me tell you what's wrong with you." <laughs> the list is long, but right now, you're suicidal. No. Well, why are you thinking about jumping? I don't know. Why am I thinking about jumping? I told you because you're suicidal. I'm not suicidal. Well, then why are you thinking about jumping? I don't know. Well, that's what suicidal people do is they think about jumping. Am I suicidal? Yeah. I got a spirit of suicide. You got three. (laughs) And and if you run back and go, oh, God, y'all pray for me. Oh, God, something's wrong with me. You're in trouble you have taken off the helmet oh come on can you see this your hope is gone you've ripped off your best plate. and this stuff is going right into your head and right into your heart can you see it and you're losing your hope you're losing your joy you're scared out of your head but this guy didn't do that His thought came why don't you just jump he said why don't you jump <laughs> I thought, yeah, 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 yes. Have enough sense to realize where the thought came from. See, that's the big thing the devil has going for him is he's undercover. He wants people to think he's not even there. But when you look up and go, actually, I know what you are. (laughs) You're crazy if you think I'm going to jump. You're a joke. Ha, 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 stupid devil. I got better sense than to jump. Somebody say, ha ha. Ha, ha. Can you see that ha ha is the last thing the devil wants to hear out of you? Because it means you don't believe it. It means you're not scared of it. It means you're not expecting any of it to happen. You don't believe a word he's saying. To laugh in somebody's face is about as irreverent and disrespectful. and, uh, And when they're trying to be serious, it's about as irreverent, and disrespectful and unbelieving as you can get, which is exactly why it's the perfect thing to do every time the devil opens his mouth to you. <laughs> You're not going to make it <laughs> Ha 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 ha. ha. ha, ha. ha, ha. See, when it comes to thoughts and the feelings the enemy's bringing you, you need to be the worst unbeliever there is. (laughs) You're like, I don't believe a word. I don't believe a word. See, friend, here's where you can use all that attitude. (laughs) This is it. This is right. You want to get attitude? This is it. Don't do it with God. Don't do it with his people. Do it with the enemy of your soul. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe. You can't make me believe it. I'll never believe it. Na, 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 you can't make me. No. In fact, you know what I think about that? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha,
1: ha.
0: I laugh at you. I laugh in your face. Not a thing you can do about it. Oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to destroy you. You're not going to make it. (laughs) Really? now you start talking about that some people oh brother Keith oh I wouldn't antagonize him like that ooh Ooh." and their mentality is okay now Mr. Devil uh, I'll leave you alone and you leave me alone you know what he'll say Uh, deal (laughs) sure deal and as soon as you turn your back he's a liar So you might as well forget about all that. And just get some attitude. And say, I don't believe it. I don't believe a word of it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to destroy you. No, you're not. No, you're not. In fact, it's laughable what you're trying to do right now. It ain't going to happen. I don't believe it. You can't do it. Do I look scared to you? I know... uh, My granddad and my great-granddad on my mother's side both died when they were 21. And they both died the same way. And I was the next man on that side of the family. And and, uh, the enemy tried to put that in my mind. And it came up some other ways. Isn't that strange? Isn't that strange? They died the same age, same way. And even when I was young, some of them said, you know, they showed me a picture of him. and said, you know, he looks just like him. And so the enemy had come and say, you're next. You're next. How did that happen? Why did that happen? And uh, even when I was entering into the ministry in in the beginning years, that thought would come to me. The enemy had worked on me from my childhood. Isn't that strange? Isn't that mysterious? You're next. You're next. 21, 21. Same way, same way. You're next. You're next. What's he trying to do? What's he trying to? Is he trying to get a vision in me of dying young and dying wrong? Is that vision dangerous? Are these thoughts dangerous? What if I opened up my mouth and said, "Oh, I don't know it, but you know, I guess I might not last long, and I might..." Are these words deadly? Would they be dead? Could they be deadly to me? Enemy brought that even up after I'm in the ministry. He just kept bringing that. You're not gonna last long. You're You're gonna die young. You're gonna die young. You're gonna die young. A famous person, I won't mention their name, but not too long ago, they, very widely known, and they died of really strange uh, circumstances. And everybody was just shocked. How could that happen to this person? And come to find out, they'd been saying for years that they'd die young. That's no coincidence, friend. Right. Death and life's in the power of your tongue. Yes. And uh, thank God, thank God we went the way the Lord had for us. And he began to get faith into us, began to get the word into us. We began to realize we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from generational stuff and everything else. How many know all that's in the curse of the law? Read it. See, it's all in there. And, uh, the thoughts came to me even after that. And, you know, you're going to die. You're not going to last long. I'm going to kill you. You're not going to last long. And I had taken it too seriously in times past. And the Spirit of God spoke up in me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice. But when that thought came to me, you're going to die. You're not going to last long. I'm going to kill you. You're going to die. You're not going to make it long. The Spirit of God came up in me. he said, why don't you ask him why he hasn't already done it? I thought, yeah. And the more I thought about it, the more I said, Yeah. And the more attitude I got. And what's happening, I'm getting free. Oh, come on, are you listening? I'm getting free because I'm realizing, yeah, why haven't you already done it? Why didn't you kill me from my mother's womb? I know you tried. Why didn't you kill me when I was a boy or when I was a teenager? You had plenty of opportunity. Lots of opportunity. Why? I guess maybe you just kind of liked me, thought you'd let me live a little bit longer. I don't think so. Why haven't you already killed me? You know why? He's tried every way he's known how. And the power of God has kept you in me. The angels of God have kept us. He has not been able to. He's done everything he could to do it. And man, I, got, I started getting free. I started getting sassy. I said, yeah, 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 bad boy. Why ain't you already killed me? Huh? 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 Why haven't you already taken me out? I know why you haven't. You can't. You cannot. And as long as I'll serve God and walk with God, you will not be able to. I will run my race. I will finish my course. I will do what he told me to do. You can't. You're not bigger than God. You can't. You can't. You can't. So the next time he tried to bring it to me, I said, ha, you again, you're not going to do anything. That's right. Oh, friends, I don't know if you're with me or not on this, yes. but can you see his words and thoughts and feelings and imaginations only have power in those that believe it. That's right. You're the one gives power to That's it right. yourself That's by right. believing it. And how would we know if you believe it? You get scared. You get scared. If you don't get scared. Means you don't believe it. Psalm 37. Did you find that? Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Don't tell people. What the devil told you. Expect them to be scared with you. If they know the right thing to do. They'll laugh at it. When you tell them. That'll probably insult you. And make you mad. So you've. You should just laugh and not tell them. <laughs> Psalm 37. Verse 12. The wicked plots against the just. He gnashes upon him with his teeth. Let me give you a revelation if you didn't know it before. The devil has been behind the inspiration of horror movies. Portraying him to be this awful, terrible Monster, it ain't so. It's Hollywood's idea. When he is laid bare and laid down, the scripture said the kings are earth. So everybody's going to look at him and go, is this the one? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Is this the one that did all this? You and I should know it now. He tries to portray himself as some huge, dark monster that is a virtual equal opposite of God. No way, no how. He is a created being who has fallen from His place and grace and glory. Are you listening? And he, he used to have the power of death, but Jesus defeated him. And how many know he has been stripped? He has been brought to naught. Jesus has triumphed over all his power, including death, hell, and the grave. Is it true? Jesus has got the keys. Doesn't he? Keys. And the devil is, he, he's, he's nothing of what he cracks himself up to be. He's a stripped. Defeated foe. He is the eternal loser. (laughs) Have you read the back of the book? Nobody is in the same category of loser as him. He is the eternal loser. He's a defeated foe. His time is so short, isn't it? Tick tock, (laughs) tick tock, so short and he knows it. And he's desperate. He has no peace. He just runs around in a rage all the time. And the only people he can really do anything with is the people that are afraid. That's right. People that have no faith and no hope. That shouldn't be a one of us. I said that shouldn't be a one of us. So when those thoughts come, you see about these wicked making their plans. Read that next verse after that. In verse 13, what does it say? What's that? The Lord shall laugh at him. Why? he sees his day is coming well if god laughs it would be good for you to laugh huh go ahead ha 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 Somebody say, ha 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 uh-huh. ha! Uh-huh. That should be your response when somebody said, "The devil said, uh-huh. ha ha ha, ha ha." Without turning, there, Psalm 52 and 6 says, "The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him." Job 5:22. At destruction and famine, yes. thou shalt. Yes. Somebody say, laugh, yes. laugh. You shall neither shall you be afraid. You won't be afraid of the beasts of the earth. You won't be afraid. You're just laughing and not afraid. I know years ago, Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry and healing school, the Lord led us to do this, and we did it numerous times after that, teach on this. People saw it. And then we had people come up and tell us what the devil had told them (laughs) and what was wrong. And they started out going, well, I've been diagnosed with terminal such and such, and I've been given, you know, two weeks to live. Before they could get through, everybody started laughing. <laughs> now, this is an acid test, right? Because if the person gets offended, what if the person gets offended and goes, this is serious? What does that mean? They're scared of the devil. They're scared of death. They believe in his power to kill them and destroy them. So they got no joy. Oh friend, can you see this? The joy of the Lord is your strength. What if you die though? What if you die? What if you die? (laughs) I got a newsflash for you. (laughs) If the Lord tarries this much longer, you're going to (laughs) die. Everybody in here is going to die. Your dog's going to die. Your cat's going to die. Your goldfish and your flower. If the Lord just tarries that much longer. And that for the child of God is not a problem. Because to depart and be with Christ is far better than here. Ain't no big deal. I'm telling you. You breathe, you last. You slip out of your body like slipping a hand out of a glove. And you go. Wow, I feel good. <laughs> and your angel is looking at you smiling going, hey. You go, hey, you ready to go see your place? Oh, am I ready? Let me take you the scenic route. There's some neat stuff over there in the Milky Way you ought to see. Yeah, yeah, show me everything. And you blast out of there. What's to the fear? Did you notice that Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, he talks about being sassy with death, doesn't he? Oh, come on, you need to see it. 1 Corinthians 15. Somebody should be very happy because you have found out what to do with all your attitude. (laughs) You have found out that you can still talk back. You you can still sass. You you can still get in somebody's face. 1 Corinthians 15. He said, verse 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, because the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Are you looking forward to that? Yes. Is that a glorious hope? Yes. Do you have a lot of expectation about it? Yes. Excitement about it? You should, you should, you should. Anything that this body is bugging you about or... The inconvenience of the mortality and the aging and all the other stuff. Don't let it get you down. It is very, very temporary. Yeah. Just laugh and go, "Huh." Ha. <laughs> <laughs> soon and very soon. Yeah. This body, the power of God, the glory of God is going to go through this thing. It's going to change it on a molecular level. And I'll no longer be corruptible or mortal. I won't be subject to any disease or any breakdown or any pain or any discomfort. I will forget what it was ever like to even be tired. And never remember it again. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. And here's where he gets sassy. Oh death Where is your sting? You ain't so bad. The Lord pulled your stinger. <laughs> you ain't got no sting anymore. You are declawed, de stung. <laughs> Grave. Oh friend, we are to do this at every child of God's funeral. Yeah, it's normal to feel it in your soul. It's normal to shed a tear. It's normal to think, well, I'll miss them. I won't get to see them as soon as I would. But when you know the truth, I said when you know the truth, you don't sorrow like those who have no hope. You know they're not in my past. They're in my future and the very, very, very near future. Glory to God. And even somebody, this is not even the end of this body they're not here. They're going to be with the Lord. They're shouting the glory. Yeah. But it's not even into end of this body. God's going to raise this thing up. Yeah. He's going to raise it up. He's going to change it. He's going to glorify it. So death. Where's your sting? Huh? 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 <laughs> Grave. Where's your victory? We scoff at you. You don't scare us. You do not get our joy. You do not rob us of our peace We are the children of the light We are the sons of the living God We are the overcomers We are the children of the resurrection Glory to God Stand up on your feet Glory Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, give God the glory, give God the praise. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: This ministry has been brought to you today